Is Piper knife fighting any good? Let's find out. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. This week, I want to talk about Piper knife fighting. Um, this was a question posted on my YouTube channel. They asked me, what do you think your thoughts on uh, Piper? And Piper is what I would characterize as a knife cult. I don't use the term cult pejoratively. Um, Libre fighting would be a knife cult. Piper is a knife cult. I'm trying to think if I can think of a different, uh, another example. Um, down through the years, there have been a number of people who essentially started a knife cult. And all I mean by that is that it is a self-defense system built around the knife. Uh, Medusa. Medusa would be another example of a knife cult. Um, again, I'm not using the term cult negatively. It's not like they're, you know, telling you to put on your Nikes and wait for the comet to come. I'm, I'm saying that rather than being a fully developed, fully faceted martial art that, that you know, is supposed to be a way of life and is, you know, has years and years of history behind it, a knife cult is more of a purpose-driven self-defense method that is intended to be used with a knife. Uh, and I don't think any of the people involved in these organizations would disagree with that definition because while there are empty hand applications in what they do, uh, and we'll get to that when it comes to Piper, but um, they, they are about using the knife. Um, Piper to the point where they actually have a preferred, or if not a preferred knife, a knife that is heavily associated with Piper. So in terms of uh, uh, Piper knife fighting, this is a South African um, system, or rather it, the system is South African in origin. I don't know if you could characterize it as only South African now because it's spread all around the world. There's any number of Piper practitioners here in the United States. And to become a Piper practitioner, you simply have to learn the basic methods of Piper and then practice them um, to greater or lesser degree. So there's nothing stopping you from becoming a Piper practitioner. The lore of the system is that it comes from South African criminals, or, and that it either originated with or was heavily inspired by what South African criminals did to defend themselves and or remove their enemies. The knife that is most heavily associated with Piper is the Okapi ring pull knife. This is a, a standard folding knife that instead of using uh, like a rocker bar locking system has a simpler and more primitive ring pull that pulls the, the spring up off the notch in the tang that holds the knife in place. The knives are incredibly cheap or were in South Africa when they first became popular. And I have even seen entire articles devoted to how very, very bad it is that this cheap popular with criminals knife is available because no matter what it is, there will always be some progressive who wants to ban it. So, for good or for ill, the ring pull knife is, is the Okapi, and then later Cold Steel made the Kudu, which is a modern synthetic handled version of the knife with an incredibly powerful spring. Um, both of these knives, you can bend the spring so that you can more easily snap the knife open. The downside to doing that is that um, it makes it easier to disengage the knife. So you might want to stop and examine just how badly do I need to be able to snap this knife open and do flashy things with it 
given that the whole point of carrying it is to put the pointy end in another guy because he's trying to murder me. So <laughs> weigh those options as you shall. Um, when you embrace Piper, therefore, you are saying, yes, I wish to align myself with a knife fighting system that doesn't involve a lot of extra martial arts stuff. You know, you're not going to do a lengthy Piper workshop on joint locks or kicking, I don't think. I think it's mostly the knife techniques. Um, and you're saying, I want expedient self-defense that is built around carrying a tool that can be used to deliver lethal force. I say all this because what you're doing when you become a Piper practitioner, just like when you become a practitioner of Leroy fighting or Medusa or any other knife-oriented system, you are acknowledging that you are equipping yourself with a lethal weapon and you are equipping yourself with the the means and the method to deliver a lethal force therefore you have to understand the legal ramifications of doing so and not deploy that force if it's not warranted that could be a sticking point for some people um many many years ago james keating wrote an article about the sort of the dark side of of knife self-defense and I believe he highlighted an incident, and please forgive me if I'm getting this wrong because it's in the very dusty mists of my terrible memory. I believe he highlighted an incident where a guy got into it with a bouncer, and one of them, I think it was the guy, not the bouncer, got the bouncer off of him by cutting him in a way that killed him. And this was an overreaction to the situation, and that guy's probably going, went away for murder. I, I don't remember. That would have been long enough ago that, who knows, could be out now if he went to prison. Um, but the point that I remember Master at Arms Keating making was, if you're just learning lethal techniques and learning to sort of do them habitually, you know, like you've just, you've trained the muscle memory that when he does this, I do this, and I go step, 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 um, you may be training yourself habitually to do something that's not warranted and you could go to prison for murder because you use too much force. And I, I know how difficult it is to sort of pull yourself back in the adrenaline of a, of a self-defense encounter. We're asking a lot of somebody who's fighting for their life to hit the point where the other guy's neutralized. They must immediately know that and immediately stop aggressing because they were trying to defend themselves. It's asking a lot. I get that. But in our society, you cannot afford to use too much force or you transition from being the person assaulted to the person assaulting. Uh, and I covered this in Surviving the News, my news and politics podcast. If you enjoy news commentary, please subscribe to Surviving the News. It's here on YouTube. I also do a podcast version that's on all audio platforms. But my Surviving the News podcast has a pitifully tiny subscription base here on youtube so if you enjoy political commentary at all please subscribe to the channel uh, it's called surviving the news you'll be able to find it there's a link right on the front page of this youtube channel if you're listening on youtube um, and if you want to listen to the audio versions please subscribe to the surviving the news podcast uh, easy to find but i covered a story of a of a transit worker who he was the victim until he became a murderer or an, an attempted murderer he was this great big guy, great big guy, and he got into it with some drunk dude who shoved him so hard that he fell over backwards. And then he hauls himself up, starts digging around in his pocket, pulls out a gun, follow this, follows this guy to like the top of an escalator and just starts shooting. So when he got shoved, he was being physically assaulted. That He was the victim at that point. 
when he started shooting, he became the aggressor and the other guy became the victim. Uh, and that guy, the guy who got shot, he got shot like three, I believe the transit worker shot nine times, hit him only three. That dude is in the hospital in critical condition, but is expected to recover. So he's not dead at least. But just remember, uh, when we're dealing with lethal, lethal force, if you're a knife guy, if you become a Piper knife guy, just like when you become an X knife guy of any other system, you're crossing a line into the area of lethal force. That must always be understood. So point one of my thoughts on Piper is that remember, you're crossing the line into the area of lethal force. You are now carrying a lethal weapon and you must conduct yourself accordingly. Uh, my second point about Piper knife fighting would be to comment on how it works and the mechanics are quite good the mechanics are sound there's lots of deflecting and stunning and even repositioning of the opponent's body to facilitate you putting the blade in him um, some of the some of the breakdown of piper mechanics involve things like rotation around the the center axis <coughs> excuse me it must be time for coffee So you've got rotation around the, the center axis. You've got horizontal waist circles. You've got vertical waist circles, shoulder rolling, and the opening and closing of the chest. These are all sound mechanics. The footwork in Piper is stable. It's mobile. It's pretty sensible. Uh, Piper practitioners do some nasty stuff like ripping with the tip of the blade. All of this is good. All of these are, are sound mechanics. There's Piper instructional materials out there that will help you understand some of these mechanics. But I found it was, I, I have a, a, a printout of a PDF copy of a Piper book that I obtained some time back. And I found that that book was harder to follow when it comes to the body mechanics than just watching some video clips of Piper seminars. There's lots of stuff on YouTube, lots of stuff on Instagram. Um, so maybe read the book or read the materials you can find and then seek out those videos and try to put it together so that you get a better sense of what they're actually doing. And if you can take a Piper seminar, by all means do so. I don't know what the availability of most of those seminars are, but I would encourage you to do it. Um, there may also be online training available. This is one of the good things to come out of like the COVID era. Um, lots and lots of instructors, because they couldn't instruct in person, started instructing online. And they, they realized, that, hey, this is a viable model I can do a seminar and sometimes it's hard to get enough people locally to attend a seminar. But if my pool of potential students is everyone everywhere, then it's much easier to get enough people to make that, that seminar worthwhile. You can even do the seminar, record it, and then sell the recordings. So lots of good there. So my, my second point about Piper would be that yes, uh, it has good, good mechanics. I find those mechanics sound the stuff that they're doing is is reasonable um point three would be an extension of that and that is piper does have empty hand applications um, they do a lot of moving to the blind side passing the weapon that's all good um, their elbows are kept in and tight unless they're raised because they're doing something else um, the body mechanics of piper overall strike me as very sound so all of these are good things. And, and so what I've started out by saying is I like Piper. I like the people who do Piper, uh, at least for the most part. Um, I can think of one or two weirdos. <laughs> no, it's not you if you're watching this and thinking it's you. Um, 
the the body mechanics are all good the method that they use is good the approach that they take is good as long as we acknowledge that what we're doing is potentially lethal so all of this has to take the take place in the context of my life is in danger i am in imminent danger of grievous bodily harm or death that's the only time you're justified in using potentially lethal force and don't think that hitting a guy with a closed knife is therefore not lethal force for one thing if you hit him wrong in the wrong spot you could still conceivably kill him if i crack you with my closed okapi in the temple you still might die if i hit you hard enough in in a fragile enough spot uh it, that's kind of a one in a million shot but it could happen uh, just like people have been punched and died i have referenced many times that that book the punch which is about a basketball game where a guy just punched a dude and he died there was local to me uh, a it was like a softball game this guy was an ex-con he gets out of prison and i don't know why his first impulse was i must join a slow pitch softball league but he got into an argument with another player and then after the game he walked up behind him punched him once in the back of the head probably at the juncture of the head and the neck killed him immediately so yeah uh you're you've got a weapon it's potentially lethal i don't care what like sovereign citizen legal loophole you think you're jumping through the second that knife is in your hand open or closed understand we're in that venue of potentially lethal force now point four that brings me to um a couple of negatives and please by me saying these negatives i don't want you to think i'm bagging on piper i got i said something about this and then the next time I commented on a, a Piper-related post, some dude who remembered that I had mentioned it was like, well, you were bagging on Piper anyway. I'm like, no, I don't hate the system. But shimmering is stupid and doesn't do anything. And shimmering is the practice of waving the knife around or shaking the ring so that it rattles and basically moving the knife in a way that is meant to be distracting. And you could, you could easily make an argument that keeping your blade in constant motion is one way of stopping your opponent from tracking your knife and it makes you harder for him to you know let's say in this weird scenario where you're dueling another guy makes him harder harder for him to neutralize you and strike you while it makes it easier for you to strike him in an unexpected way i suppose you could make that argument but anybody who understands body mechanics if you're doing a lot of this i don't care if you've got a knife in your hand or you don't have a knife in your hand i just assume you do you know somebody comes at me i assume he has a weapon that i haven't noticed and can't see so you're going to target his elbow and further up on his shoulder you're going to go for those fixed points that don't move as much as the extremities <laughs> that's going to make a fun screen capture for somebody um you you you're not accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing if you think you're going to shimmer somebody and distract them with your knife which is a thing that piper people do I, I i'm just not a believer in the technique i don't think it's effective and i don't think it works i'm open to being persuaded if somebody wants to convince me that i'm wrong feel free uh, i'll listen i just at this point i don't believe that it's an effective technique um and i, I think there's ways to circumvent anytime someone is trying to distract you by doing a lot of extra movement uh that brings me to point number five which i have done a shorter video on keep the knife away from your head there is way too much manipulation of knives up close to the head in piper i know that 
Piper flows involve twirling and other blade manipulations that look really cool. Um, they may look cool, but the, keep the knife away from your face and your head. I was looking at a clip of uh, a Piper instructor doing a, a really effective body manipulation where he was clearing the way in order to get the knife in, but he ended up with the knife up by his face. Don't do that. I, I, it reminds me of the Lajolo knife system. The Lajolo knife guy is this Italian dude who does a very stylized knife system. And uh, my friend, Mike, if you're watching this, I know that you are breaking out in hives right now because I mentioned the Lajolo knife guy. My, my friend, Mike, it, those videos drive him crazy. Uh, and I kind of want to learn the Lajolo knife system because it looks so cool. And it's this Italian guy doing all these really elaborate flourishes and fast moves with a knife and it's incredibly complex and it's almost entirely unnecessary it looks fantastic if this guy were like i would cast this guy in a movie as some sort of italian knife fighter in an instant um he's he looks great on camera he's so incredibly cool in what he's doing and almost everything he's doing is completely unnecessary to the cause of putting a knife in another person um so to me, a lot of the, the twirling and the blade passing and the I'm doing sleight of hand and look, there's my knife, now you don't see it. A lot of that strikes me as a great way to cut yourself without actually accomplishing the goal. You can keep your knife out of sight and then put it in somebody um, much easier than doing any of this. I also think that among individual Piper practitioners, there's a big emphasis on speed which isn't always good because a lot of the people you see practicing Piper flows, well, no, not a lot, some. Some of the people you see practicing Piper flows kind of look like they're having a seizure. Now, that may well be me not understanding what's happening, but I just see, <laughs> again, another fun screen capture for you. And I, I don't know how effective that is. Again, I'm open to being uh, convinced. The other thing I have a big problem with is hand-to-hand -hand passing or swapping. Um, Hans Erik Peterman, in the in the book that I mentioned, he described this as controversial, but also as basic and essential to the Piper skill set. I hate this very much. I hate the hand-to-hand -hand passing. I, I can see the deceptivity in things like double arm swings that pass the knife. I get what you're trying to do, but honestly, if if you're engaged in that kind of a business. I'm already thinking about how to short circuit it. You know, that you can only get away with that so many times before somebody notices. And I'm, I'm not sure that that matters in the context of a self-defense situation because it's not like we're spending a lot of time studying each other's methods. It's not like uh, Inigo Montoya and uh, Wesley, you know, exchanging their thoughts on fencing techniques in the middle of their duel. Um, oh, I see you're using Benitez's defense against me. Uh, <laughs> the Lojolo guy just perked up somewhere. But I hate the hand-to-hand -hand passing thing because I think effective knife self-defense involves the adrenaline of the fact that I'm actually engaged in a lethal encounter with another human being. That knife should be locked in your hand. You shouldn't be trying to pass it back and forth. Those fine motor skills are going to degrade under adrenaline. Now, no, you aren't necessarily going to become a lobster-clawed idiot who can't do anything except the, but still let's err on the side of caution here. Um, stop doing things that involve a lot of fine motor skills 
because you might find you try to pass that knife and away it goes you know the just the um the inertial opening of a knife snapping a knife open either by snapping the handle or even worse grabbing the blade and snapping the handle down if the handle has more weight to it i've seen inertial openings done that way i've done them myself that way the problem is that under adrenal stress you could snap your knife open and it could just land on the floor <laughs> because adrenaline messes you up now i don't know if you have been in a, a high stress adrenaline charge situation where one where you're actually genuinely afraid that you might die but i can tell you uh if you're a guy the first thing you feel is your your junk trying to crawl back up in there it's a weird feeling your body's actually like let me just haul that in you're pulling a big lever to haul those in we're going to retract the awning because the bad things are about to happen and you know there are other adrenaline effects that i have not experienced but that all the literature says that you may things like tachypsychia, the, the the feeling that things are slowing down tunnel vision as you focus on the threat um and again a loss of fine motor control all of these are things you have to consider because if you really on those rare occasions when i felt like oh my god i'm actually going to have to do the stuff that i've been reading about training about practicing for the last 20 years on those rare occasions i remember feeling clumsier than normal so in the one instance where i actually drew a knife in potential self-defense because there was a couple of guys coming at me and i thought this may well be a mugging i just i had a I had a knife in my waistband i distinctly remember i removed it i opened it using the thumb opener i reversed it in my hand because i had you don't normally have this amount of time but they were coming from a long way off so i was preparing to you know be the person between them and the people i was with I reversed it in my hand, sort of mentally going through the fact that I was going to use this in reverse grip in the simplest manner possible. I have talked before about clearing the road and doing an overhand stab and rip. And that's a very simple technique. Many people don't understand what you're doing when you like, I've had people go, you're going to cut yourself. It's not how it works. Just like with a butterfly knife. If you understand the trick of how butterfly knives work, you know that when you're opening and closing a butterfly knife, you're not in danger of flaying your own fingers because the only part of the knife that comes in contact with your hand is the not sharp part because you have to make sure you're holding the knife correctly, assuming it's not a double-edged knife. And if you can do double-edged balisong, more power to you. Um, the, by the same token, when you're manipulating a knife close into your body, yes, keep it away from your head and your face. But at the same time, it's possible to move the knife in such a way that the safe part of the knife the spine of the knife is what's passing close to your limb and then the sharp part is coming over when the other arm's out of the way so these are things that people who don't understand knives and force with knives just don't get but uh, when you're actually going to take on somebody in what you think is potentially lethal self-defense keep it very simple um you know there's, there's no time for a lot of elaborate passing and and uh twirling and this and that um i understand that there's a place for dexterity exercises and yeah it looks cool and it's fun you know i've just said i'd love to learn that italian knife fighting system because it looks cool so i don't begrudge you looking cool i don't begrudge you doing your dexterity exercises getting really good with fine motor skills where a knife is concerned just remember that a lot of those are going to go away and the the better you are with your fine motor skills the more you'll be able to pull off even when you've got the adrenaline lobster claws. 
So this episode is just replete with great opportunities for people to screen cap uh, me doing weird things with my hands. It's like Donald Rumsfeld. There was a whole set of images of Donald Rumsfeld, the Kung Fu of Donald Rumsfeld, because that guy really loved to talk with his hands. So he was always, there was all kinds of, of screen caps of him doing hand techniques that, that were like something out of Kung Fu. Oh, I kind of miss that era, and in some ways I don't. So those are my thoughts on Piper. I think Piper overall is a good system. I think it has sound body mechanics. I do think that practitioners of Piper engage in a few things that I personally don't think work, but that's going to be true of any system. You're always going to have your criticisms of various systems, um, and I can't think of a single system I've done where I didn't at least understand the reality that, okay, there's a gap here, there's a blind spot here, this is probably not how you would do this in real life, that kind of thing. So take it for what it's worth. I, I hope you find it useful. And uh, please, Piper people, don't come at me. I'm not not starting to fight here. I like you and I like what you do. I just I don't agree with everything. And that's going to be true of any system. All right, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.